in three, two, one. Good evening. 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 How are you? I'm I'm doing good. I'm doing not bad. You've been good this week? Mixed. Mixed. Yeah, I've been when did when was our last podcast? A week ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been alright actually. I've got the cold. Yeah, I've been okay. I think I've I've ran a few times. I did yoga for the first time. Nice, nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about people that have never watched or list watched watched? There's nothing to watch here. What about people that have never listened? Oh, to, to this, to this. Why yeah. Okay. So, so my name's Keith Preston. Welcome to this podcast, where we are going to be covering uh, items relating to being the sick man of Europe. Are we calling it the sick man of Europe? Can I introduce myself? <laughs> <laughs> Who are you again? <laughs> so I, I'm Neil McGowan. Uh, I am the other half of the sick men of Europe, although we are now pondering whether we should call it that or not. I think we stick with that for the moment. We'll go with that just now. Um, so welcome to the sick man of Europe. Sick men, sorry. Sick men. Oh, we screwed that up. So the cold. It's cold it's messi- here. No, it's the cold. My cold. All it's right. messing with my head. So anyway, you've had a good week, so... Yeah, it's been okay. I, I wouldn't say... It's been great, but I quite enjoy trying something new. Mm-hmm. I wasn't very good at it. So remind us what you were trying to do this week. So, well, I was trying to, first of all, what I was trying to do was close my rings. <laughs> and that's nothing to do with gastrointestinal <laughs> disorder. <laughs> that's, that's about my iPhone and trying to achieve these daily goals, which most people will be very familiar with. And I've been pretty poor at managing to close these consistently. But so far, it so is, is that is that how you're tracking everything now? It's just you close those rings. Yeah. That, that's okay. yeah. And do you set yourself goals in those rings? It naturally. Explain does to it. me where the rings are, because I've not, right. I've not, I've not got with the program there. So Apple do this thing where it's kind of an activity tracker, and there's three main areas, which one of which is exercise, one of which is just general calories in moving about. Another one is standing. So like resting calories. Or yeah, rest, but it does rest in an active calories. And then the last one is standing. And what it does over the course of the day is encourage you to sort of, right, get up, walk around. If you do an exercise, and that's the good thing about the new Apple Watch is that it has things like yoga, strength training, all these workouts that it never used to have. It does swimming and stuff as well, actually. The so old one's got that. It doesn't have swimming. It doesn't have swimming. But so you can, tra- you can track all these things. And then... As, as you get more consistently starting to break that threshold, it then raises it. So automatic, oh, that's yeah. quite good. Yeah, so it kind of challenges, but I've never managed to do it on consecutive days, and we're now on the 5th of March, 2020, mm-hmm. and five days in a row I've closed all my rings. So my aspiration at the moment is to try and do... Streak. That as long as I possibly can. Yeah. I'm going to keep going week to week, but I'd like and to try it, and do the whole of March. is it every day it ups itself, or is it every no. week? Or every month, or what, what? see, to be honest, I don't know because Maybe I've not been consistently closing them. I yeah. just know that people at work have talked about this. Mm. No, that's good. So it doesn't. It's not doing. It's not doing diet or anything then. No, but you can do that too. You can, and does that add as a ring? I 
What does that funny? <laughs> like a donut. <laughs> you get <laughs> yeah. Every you, time you eat a donut. <laughs> so no, it, it doesn't add like a ring of food. <laughs> a ring of food. I just mean could have been a bagel. You could. That's true. That's more healthy, isn't it? You could. You can type in what calories you consume on a daily basis, or you can track your sleep. You can do all these things. Right. But that's what I've been trying to do. Is close right. my ring. <laughs> <laughs> so it's pathetic. Uh, and so I managed. I think I've ran. I've ran twice or three times since last Thursday. Three, good. Three times. Three times. Good. And how long? Um, I did an outside run on Sunday afternoon, and then I did a run on Tuesday at work. No, I've only run two, two. and I'm going to mm. run tomorrow morning. But I did yoga. It's a new week. I know, I know. Well, I was going to, but I did go for a walk. Went for a walk at lunchtime today. Went for a walk at lunchtime yesterday. Did a bit of yoga. Mm-hmm. Did strength training one night. Meditated. Let me check my mindfulness. I think two or three times. Uh, that sounds like you've hit. The goals you set last time, does it? Well, possibly, possibly. But I, I think I could do more, to mm. be honest. Uh, I'm just trying to look at my mindfulness stats here. Let me see. For everyone listening, uh, Neil's just flicking through his phone. This doesn't make for good, a good podcast. No, it doesn't, actually. It's, it's not... Uh, what are you looking for? It's not great radio, is it? Um... So it says, over the last seven days, you worked out for an average of 30 minutes. You averaged more steps last week than the week before. Um, Exercise minutes, something about my menstrual cycle, I'm guessing that's for ladies. Uh, (laughs) Mindfulness, here we go. Past seven days, I've only done it once. That's rubbish. Mindful. Interesting, because you're the one that's Mm. gone on and on and on about this. But I have tried to be more mindful and generally well when I've been walking at lunchtime because I've been on my own because I don't have any friends uh, I've been trying to be mindful when I'm walking so that's so yeah it's been okay and how did you find the yoga hard did you find though that the mindfulness thing so the meditation the breathing aspect is that no do you know what I found that quite difficult because that's your phone Uh, I was trying to concentrate so hard on what I had to do and this is the difficulty I was having because I'm trying to do the yoga on the floor I couldn't find a, a mat so I'm doing it in the carpet in the playroom and I'm trying to turn around and watch the TV to see what she's doing and then at the same time she's telling me to breathe and I found it all quite a lot to try and do at the same time who did you who did you follow or who, who was doing the yoga was that I, I think well, it, was it was on you. YouTube it was just some kind of yoga for beginners I think did you just because I find um Yoga with Adrian. Oh, it was her. Was it? Yeah, she's got about six million subscribers. In fact, she was the first. She was the only person that really came up. Yeah, but it was definitely kind of a ten-minute yoga introduction. But it was good. But I couldn't really a lot of the stretches I was struggling with, Mm. which makes me realise that compared to when I was younger in my karate days, I was incredibly (laughs) flexible. (laughs) What are you laughing at? I, th- I think we've established that Notoriously kicking, kicking wasn't your thing. I was very flexible. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I've, I've definitely, as I've got older, seized up a bit. So, consistency, I think, is key in yoga. Because I've noticed, I noticed a huge difference after a period of time. Because I, I was the same. I was so inflexible. 
Is it inflexible or would it be unflexible? I think it's inflexible. Is that a fact check? Make a note. Fact check, inflexible. Right. Um, I'm going with inflexible rather than unflexible. Can it? Neither sounds right. Unflexible sounds particularly incorrect, but. We'll check that. We'll check that right now then. Right. But I find that consistency is really important for yoga. And the more consistent and frequent you do it, the more you see that you, you feel the benefits and see the benefits. I've gone, so I, I, I started, um, when I started doing the yoga, I found yoga with Adrian. I found that she's really good for beginners. I think she does all ranges, but she's particularly good, I think, for beginners. And then I followed Sean Vig Fitness, which is a bit more um, cardio um, power yoga, that sort of thing, and Pilates, which was good. He's a bit mad. Um, and then the for a proper challenge, Boho Beautiful on yo- YouTube. Boho Beautiful. Boho Beautiful. And it's basically this couple. She does the yoga, and I think he pretty much does the filming. And they're well, always on Thailand. <laughs> yeah. They're in Thailand and Far East um, most of the time, or on a beach or something. She's doing yoga, and it's it's, it's hardcore but there's a 14 day yoga challenge i did i think it was maybe 2018 now um and after doing that you immediately feel the difference so do you feel in like totally different in terms of your flexibility sure, because it, well, well because of my because i burst a disc in my back so it's about, s- about seven years ago now mm-hmm. um that's when I started doing yoga because I tried to go back to football and was and then just damaged myself again. As long as that, mm-hmm. you've been doing yoga, and you can still only do a headstand. <laughs> do you mean only do a headstand? That's all what I ever else see you do? What else can you do in yoga? <laughs> I don't know. Every time you show a video, you're doing a headstand. Yeah, but that's because it looks impressive. I need to get up to a handstand. That's not yoga. That's just doing a handstand. All right. Freestanding handstand, but that's quite hard. Um, no, I can do a lot more. I mean. Even when I was on holiday, I went to a couple of yoga classes at the hotel early in the morning. And I think it's balance as well. So mm. if you're able to do stuff on one leg and, and balance yourself out and stuff, that's quite hard for most if, you, if you're not used to doing it. So, but I've not, I've not been doing it consistently for a while. And this is part of this. I'm getting back into the program of at least doing two yoga sessions a week plus some strength training, which I've, which I totally fall, fell off the bandwagon with. And some running. Right. Well the good thing about yoga, sorry, <laughs> I just keep talking, is you can do it in little short bursts as well. So you do five minutes, do seven minutes, do ten minutes. But I was interested when you said there about going to a class because I think that's something I'd be quite interested in. Mm-hmm. That actually motivating yourself at night, because that's what I struggle with, is like I, if I run, I have to run early during the day, lunchtime at work, or if I'm at weekends, first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, Sunday, I made myself go out and run, and that was hard because, as you know, I was hungover, and I couldn't be bothered. But I went out in the afternoon and ran. But see, doing exercise at night for me, that was really, really hard. Mm. So to actually even motivate myself to go out to the garage to lift weights for 15 minutes is tough, and I really struggled with the yoga. But actually thinking about a class mm-hmm. where you're, you're going, you've paid the money in advance. It's kind of, you know, that. I'm quite interested in that. Mm-hmm. Maybe that should be an aim. Do you think, because we're going to talk about sleep, sleep's going to be our, our topic mm-hmm. today, yeah? Would you classify you yourself as a night owl or a morning lark? You asked me that before. I oh, know, I can't remember your answer. <laughs> what do you th- um, I, I think, 
lark I'm going yeah, for. Yeah, I'm a lark, yeah. Sounds like it. So that's interesting because, well, because I, I quite often feel I can go and do a workout at night. I would probably think you're more of a bat <laughs> <laughs> than a night owl. Hey. Yeah, I'm, a little I'm, I'm Batman. You've just called me Batman. I'll no, take that. I'll I, take that. Thanks. We'll just like end the podcast here. A little hairy. I am Batman. Hairy rodent. You're right. <laughs> You're right. I am Batman. A hairy rodent with wings. <laughs> so, but so it sounds like you've done what you intended to do this week, broadly speaking. Maybe you could have done a bit more meditation. Yeah, so it's been okay. And so let's move on to what you've achieved this week. Nice. Like the segue. Um, Sorry, so my target achieved. was, well, that's right. So I've had a cold this week. Boo-hoo me, man flu. Oh. And so my intention hasn't quite played out. So um, just as a reminder, I said I was wanting to exercise five times a week or five times in the week, um, do intermittent fasting, get better at eating, and better sleep i also threw in i might try a positivity journal get that out of the way f- straight off i didn't do that um <coughs> how often did you fast how often every did single day well that's good i did fasting. one day fasting that was it's, as i said that's that's just become what i do now mm-hmm. which which is great for me it works totally works so i you really didn't fast on sunday really don't fat oh well that's true yeah okay well uh, no you didn't <laughs> <laughs> well only the 12 thousands uh okay yeah sunday sunday didn't fast but other than that you did every single day um what I didn't do was the five times a week exercise. So on Thursday night, I, after we recorded our last podcast, went back in and did a strength training routine again. Day two, essentially, of me getting back into strength training. Managed to do a 15% more than the couple of days before. So I was quite happy with that. Yep. Posted it on Instagram. Like it? Yes, yes. <laughs> I liked it. Yeah, yeah. Um, then... Pretty much straight away got a cold, <laughs> mm. and so felt. Cra- so I was supposed to on Friday morning go run with Cole. He'd negotiated before I felt like I had a cold. He'd negotiated that um, he'd done a lot of football that week, and could we do the um, run on Saturday morning? And this is where it's really important. See if you put it off, like yeah. you going. Mm, I might do it in the afternoon or something. You'd Quite often, I think more often than not, it won't happen. So sure enough, Saturday morning didn't happen. Um, So I didn't really do anything the weekend. I did clear out a big massive cupboard and took a bunch of heavy stuff into the garage. So that was was doing stuff, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't, you know, specific targeted exercise. But you you need at the same time, I think, not to put too much pressure on yourself because I just think that can sometimes be really counterproductive. Do you think that? that? if if you try to kind of like be kinder to yourself in terms of what you achieve, if you if you try to set goals that are really ambitious, mm. you don't want your goals almost to become another stressor, mm. and then you become stressed and quite negative because Good you're point. not achieving them. So you need to strike a balance there. Yep. I think that's important. Good point. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, that, well, that's certainly what. I don't do with intermittent fasting, so don't stress if I've. That's what I mean. But most of the time, I'm on it, which is good. Um, so in summary, then you well, had. Well, 
Jesus, Neil. Come on. I'm not finished yet. Right. Well, You're bored. This is boring. No, but we need to. We'll get on to sleep. We'll get on to fact checking in a minute. I've, yeah. got, I've got a test for you too, which will be fun. Great. Because you're going to get it wrong. Great. I guarantee it. Um, so on. So I, and I still feel pretty sort of crappy, but I thought mm, I need to do something. So I did manage to do a couple of in the morning doing the 200 crunches I talked about, and me and Cole did yoga. <laughs> what? What? Sure so that's a lot of chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Crunches. All right. Crunchies. Okay. Sorry. Jesus. Um, me and Cole did yoga that's on good. Tuesday morning, was it? Monday morning? No, Tuesday morning. Uh, so instead of a run, which was good, uh, Theo <laughs> came in and yeah, I the video. got involved as well. Um, so we managed to do that. Did a hit training routine. So every Wednesday, I take the boys, the football coach, football team, and I do some strength and fitness training with them. So did that. Forced myself to do that. And then um, what did I do? These grip strengthener things I found lying mm -hmm. about. So I've been kind of doing them just to try and keep in the game. Because mm -hmm. um, I don't know when you read about exercising with a cold there's there's a lot of conflicting advice uh, genuinely it says if if it's from the neck up as i think i said last time you should be okay but if, if it's in your chest or whatever you shouldn't or if you feel flu like you shouldn't but with a cough how do you know <laughs> how do you know if it's in your chest or not so wait a minute you told me you had a cold and now you're telling me you have a cough this is what are you trying to sound to? more oh, like coronavirus go. on a daily basis have you got a fever? No. You got muscle pain? No. Mm. Theo had a cold. And you caught that? And I caught that, I'm pretty sure. So, exercise, diet, exercise was okay, but Is I didn't do the five days. I don't think exercise when you're ill is a good idea. No. Diet hasn't <coughs> changed at all. It's been poor. So, too much sugar still, too much sweets, but I'm not going to worry. Do you not find when you're when you got a cold you crave yeah carbs you kind of crave sweet th you just crave comfort comfort food that's mm. it sleep okay I had a bit better on a couple of days coughs interfering with that a little bit but I managed to get the sleep app that I had before I've been charging my watch before I go to bed so I can mm -hmm. wear it at night and then that records your sleep and on the two the three days that I did it. Um, two of them were 90% plus restful sleeps, which is good. So it means little movement. And um, one of them was seven and a half hours. The other one was just under seven hours. And then the third one was under well, five and a half hours. And half an hour of that was restless. So that's not very good. Um, but it's a start. And interestingly, that is a subject that we'll be covering today. It but is. before we do that, we have some facts to fact check. Fact checker, fact checker. <laughs> so for those new listeners to this podcast. All, all one of you. We have <laughs> a... <laughs> welcome. <laughs> We've doubled our numbers overnight. Uh, we, we have a tendency to make random facts 
and we often don't know whether these are accurate or not. Well, we so don't. We, we don't the take. We don't make random facts. No, we we, we make statements. We make statements without and any prior knowledge as to whether they're factual or correct. not. But we take the time for you, listeners, dear listeners, to actually confirm whether these are true or not via the fantastic, always accurate, peer-reviewed, can't be wrong, Wikipedia in <laughs> most <laughs> instances. So let's recap. Let's recap. Okay. So we had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. A few of them are sleep-related, which mm-hmm. is good. So the first one is, is putting a structure to exercise more or less effective? Now, Neil failed spectacularly to find anything on this. I think he just didn't bother. More. However, it's easy. More. 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 Of course it is. More. Structure. Well, intuitively is. Improves everything. Well, there's a study here that we found in the Journal of Clinical and Diagnostic Research that confirmed that very point. There you go. So both types of exercise, whether it's unstructured or structured, created benefits, mm-hmm. materially and observable benefits. However, the structured training or exercise um, r- routine gathered or ga- garnered, gathered, gathered, what's the word? Garnered, delivered. <laughs> another segment that wouldn't see the light of day. <laughs> edit 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 uh it's generated that's the word i'm looking for see i'm i'm blaming the cold i'm blaming the cold physical i'm going to just read the conclusion i'm going to read the conclusion physical activity training in adolescence or this was adolescence is more beneficial when structured probably due to higher cognitive loading interesting that might Mm. be an interesting one to to so it wasn't because the structure encouraged them to exercise more often and it was just the, the fact of having a structure and thinking about it, um, oh, okay. presumably. Anyway, structure does seem to... That is one interesting fact. Next. Checked. Okay, next one is a sleep-related one. Sleep cycles. Are you able to sleep in 90-minute <laughs> minute cycles rather than the full eight hours recommended? Yes. No. Okay, where's your evidence? So... Matthew Walker, Why We Sleep. Mm-hmm. Eminent professor in, I think, Berkeley, California. Previously, somewhere in England. Anyway, he the, you should read the book or listen to the book. Um, but what he found through his research is that, well, a couple of points. One you don't naturally just sleep in one and a half hour slots. So when you go to bed at night, you typically sleep for a period of time longer than that. Yeah. And if you're left to your own devices, you're likely going to sleep till probably eight hours, give or take. So naturally, that's what you would do. But your your point is, but you could wake yourself up after an hour and a half if you, if you could time yourself yep. properly and then do, do whatever and then do another. And then in a 24-hour period, you get eight hours worth yeah, but you do it in these. But those those ninety minute cycles will occur over that eight hour period. So oh, no, I didn't. Yeah, absolutely. So you'll still be sleeping, but you'll go through those natural periods where you are close to being awake. Yep. Yeah, and that is an evolutionary trait. Yeah, good. Well, that's another fact check we were going to look at. So because if if we were still in the plains of Africa. And we slept for eight hours in, I guess, a very deep REM sleep. 
yep. then we probably wouldn't see it through to the morning. NREM sleep with all the deep. Okay. NREM sleep with all the predators around. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So, really, we're both right. We're, yeah. It depends. So, it depends on the context there because I, I assume the, the, what the guy was talking about is if you happen to, as long as you got 90 minute periods, you could have 90 minutes here, 90 minutes there, and have a 90 minute break in between each time. Like like a baby sleeps. Yeah. Um. The problem though, even with that, so you, so you're right. You do go through sleep cycles. Mm-hmm. However, what what they found was those sleep cycles vary through the night, and you get NREM sleep and non-NREM sleep, and the proportion of NREM sleep, non-rapid eye movement sleep, is higher at the start of the night, mm-hmm. and you the, you then move into the more dreamlike mm-hmm. state more in the latter part of the so it's in rem when you dream no rem is when you dream oh. let's not get too deep into sleep <laughs> right while now. we're fact checking okay good okay, okay. yeah see what so i did there nice yeah okay the next fact then is can you reset modify the night owl morning lack morning lark genetic predisposition no mostly you, right okay Where's your evidence? So I would have said no. So genetically speaking, there you are predisposed. Yeah. So it's hardwired into your DNA. Now, according to... So I started following a bunch of sleep scientists on Twitter for this very reason. And uh, let me just... Who's the guy? Who's the guy? So Dr. Chris Winter, MD at SportsleepDoc... Uh, on Twitter, um, thanked me for a follow, and so I used that opportunity to ask him a question, this very question. And his view was that it is possible, if you work on it, to change um, that preponderance, but if you stop working on it, it then you fall back into your natural tendencies. So it feels like, why would you want to work on it too hard if your body's naturally kicking against it? Yeah, w- w- you know, you're genetically predisposed one way or the other, and the way I was sort of thinking about it is because it's sleep and it's it's kind of like mental health that you can't see it. So you break a leg, folk know you've broken a leg. Yeah, yeah, yeah sticky, mm-hmm. blah blah blah. If you've got a mental health, sticky for our <laughs> American listeners. Have we got American <laughs> listeners? We might. We've doubled our numbers. Remember, maybe Hank just joined us. <laughs> <laughs> and Hank will have just um, unsubscribed Why is because he's like, yeah. No. <laughs> uh, I apologise to anyone from America Sorry. or linked to Sorry. America from. <laughs> what is this stooky you talking about? What is that? That was my deep south accent. Right. Okay. Renowned work on quality that. of my accent. Work on that. Anyways, apologies, Hank. It was a very <laughs> stereotypical accent. Welcome, enjoy the show. Stooky refers to plaster cast that one would use to mend a broken bone. Exactly. Now, if you have a mental health illness, you can't see it. So therefore, if someone hasn't experienced a mental health illness or doesn't know, doesn't know anyone that's experienced a mental health illness, it's harder for them to maybe empathise yeah. with the situation. Um, I think it's similar this, because some folk mainly folk who are night uh, morning larks 
we'll say, hey, you can, hey, what's the problem? Just get up earlier. It's easy. Everyone can do it. You just, you just change mm-hmm. the way you, you think and work and just go to bed earlier, get up earlier. Job done. Mm-hmm. What I was thinking about is it's the same sort of, the same principle would apply to say, okay, um, your hair's thinning. Just, just think. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> you you wasn't you. Oh, God, you was just general okay. you. It's an example. It's an example. Okay. okay. Just think it thicker. Just think your hair back. What? Just just concentrate more. There's, but you wouldn't, would you? It's, it's <laughs> it <work>. utterly ridiculous <laughs> to say that. But, but I think people think when things are not physical. Yeah, but that's yeah. Yeah, it's stigma. No, there's definitely mind over matter and stuff like that. But yeah. there's certain things, yeah. and I think this is one of them where yeah. it is far more hardwired than you intuitively think. Yeah, because you just think, well, just get up early. Anyway, and the the science seems to back that up. Anyway, the next fact check again was related to sleep, which was the Ming Underground experiment. I couldn't yeah. remember what it was. It was actually there was an experiment where they went into a cave called Mammoth Cave, and it was. Uh, just to check whether circadian rhythms required the sun to set themselves, mm-hmm. and they found that um, it's it is hardwired. The sun helps reset yep. the clock to twenty four hours exactly every day, because humans' natural cl- body clock is actually twenty four hours and fifteen minutes. Weirdly, um, but the sun sunlight and darkness that helps reset it every day so so they they got out by 15 minutes i think i said 30 and minutes and i do think the sunlight is a trigger for a production of certain hormones right it's like stress hormones why stress hormones because that's the kind of things to wake you up like cortisol so is that a waking up thing yeah cortisol's like i thought cortisol just yeah but so you want to be able on edge just to wake up no but it, I, again fact check we need to we need to look into this a bit more next week so fact check does co- does the sun cause a cortisol spike does the sun cause a cortisol spike fact check okay just while you're what recording was the first that fact i haven't written that down Jeez. sun and cortisol right okay the next one was are humans omnivorous i think the answer is yes Okay, so I did check that fact, uh-huh. right? But I'm too busy writing down the facts <laughs> for next week. But I will now multitask. Um, so I, I found a Forbes article. Forbes? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where's Forbes? I, I don't know. It's, it's, yeah, Forbes? It's, 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 on, it's on Google. Uh, and I'll read this out to you. Humans are definitely omnivores. The best evidence is our teeth. We have biting, tearing, ripping incisors and canines like carnivores and chewing molars like herbivores. Animals with such diverse teeth tend to be omnivores. And it goes into a lot of detail about the enzymes that we have for both. But then it goes on to say basically that, uh, you know, we evolved in this way uh, basically because it kind of, gave us the opportunity to kind of cover our bases you know mm-hmm, that you've mm-hmm. got lots of opportunities to then have food round about you interestingly though the way that our senses compared to a lot of animals are is that we seem to be incredibly sensitive to decay or rotting food we're put off quite easily mm. and that actually that um 
Oh, that's totally not going to make any sense. I'll have to edit this out. <laughs> Wait, give me a second. You can edit this one then. Sorry, right. <coughs> I don't have a computer. Right, so <laughs> interestingly, I'll start again. Interestingly, mm-hmm. we have very, very powerful livers, right? So livers that are very good at detoxifying. And we've got a very strong ability to smell rot and decay and decomposition relative to other animals. So what that implies is that actually we weren't routinely killing animals. We seem to be masters of being scavengers mm. or you know, early man tended Why to Why is that? Because it would, I would have thought it would be more rotting flesh then. No, but it's a weak with a strong ability to smell rotting flesh. We could detect it. And then eat it. And then eat it. And apparently our livers are very powerful and evolved to actually de so, uh, so if we were detoxify. To eat, so if we were to eat rotten flesh, even though we wouldn't, because we're put off by the smell. We, I, well, it sounds from this that actually we love nothing more <laughs> than think, a stinking, rotting corpse. Yeah, well, exactly. I think This I is think a fact check for next week. To fact check okay. this. So because did early man love rotting flesh repulses you. Yeah, so I don't think anyone, but anyone smelling rotting food would go nowadays but see if you were running about in the african plains round about 30 40 thousand years ago you would your your mouth would be watering for a rotting corpse that's a definite (laughs) fact fact check it's true anyway let me give my final point right so basically nowadays you could you could be a vegan you need to take some B12 or you can be vegetarian or you can be a full-time meat eater. Oh, for God's sake. <coughs> Excuse me. You've just followed all the things you shouldn't do for coronavirus. <coughs> yeah. He's coughed everywhere, folks. So a meat-only diet is also possible, but you need to actually mix it up with eating organs and stuff like that because there's certain vitamins Fat and organs. And stuff, yeah. That, yeah. So, so basically... We were omnivores to cover our basis, right? Yeah. But nowadays, we can survive as either, either or. or. But a carnivore, for example, like cats or... You couldn't, know, couldn't eat Couldn't plants. go vegan, yep. right? So it's, that's kind of where we are. Is it, I also read that it was to do with the your guts, your intestines as well. Mm. So if you're a carnivore, you have a very short intestine, whereas an omnivore has... Well, an omnivore one has two stomachs, typically. Yeah. Even gorillas who right. exclusively eat plants but are primates. Well, that goes back to the enzymes you have. Yeah. Because we lack cellulases that many herbivores have. Yeah. And we have lots of proteases that carnivores do. Mm. But we also have sucrases that help us digest fruits. Yeah. So basically, I think that's... And, and also actually part of the reason it says in this that we evolved and we became, you know, to the cognitive revolution and we have such large brains is down to the high protein content that we used to consume mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So basically humans were just experts at taking the best On aspects offer. of all their environment and yep. covering Adapt- all their bases. Adaptability. Adaptability, Adaptability that's right. So that was okay, one good. fact, okay. Okay, good, good, good. Uh, what is good body fat percentage? Right, so it depends what age you are. Okay, so let's go with our age. Right, so we are... Well, I'm 43, and you are, remind me? 41. Mm, no, you're not. 41? No. I am not 42 yet. So, if you're between 41 and 60 years old, oh, a healthy 
body fat content is between 11 and 22%. If you 11? 11, yeah. Wow. If you hit that 22% and over mark, you become overweight. And if you get up to 27%, you are clinically obese. This is so for men. This is for men. So I think when we did those scales last week, you were about 23? No. 22? 20. Were you? 20. All right, okay. Well, I was 19, so yeah. I was... 1% difference. Very healthy, whereas you were clinically almost obese. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so we're, we're, in the, we're in the good zone. We're, yeah. we're top end, though. We're, we're kind of top end. Yeah, well, I don't think I'd want I'm, to be 11 I'm 2%, you're 3% yeah. outside of the slightly overweight zone. Okay, good. And what is good, good grip strength? So I just had a quick check on that, and <laughs> I think you've got the grip strength of a 74-year-old man. Well, I probably do, because I've got rubbish hands. Fact, 75 plus. So where we are, between 40 and 44, now this is a Live Strong um, website. So this is a, like a bodybuilding strength training website, so this might be slightly toppy maybe, but... Um, the ages of 40 to 44, the right hand is typically 56.9 to 83.9. Mm. I think we'll remember that you got 30 something. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I was 55, so I was slightly behind the pace still. And then the left is 48.5 to 76 point. So we're low end. We need to improve yeah. our strength training. But I have poor hand strength. But just generally, grip strength is a is an indicator of overall strength, so but you're just weak ass. It's also very easy to improve that, though, very quickly. I've got Okay, take that challenge. How quickly? Well, I'm not going to do it now. We are going to do it now. One week later, let's see if right. there's any difference. Go I think that's a good segue. Okay, go and open the The last box. fact check was, is night owls and larks an evolutionary trait? Well, you've answered that. Well, I don't know if... It, I think it's... it's yes. well, we don't know if it's an evolutionary trait. But if it's a genetic pre predisposition, then it must be. Scientist Neil, is that the no, way you would go be. about it? Must be. It must be. I think. Because it if must be, so if therefore it must be. If you've evolved, right, for, for whatever reason, and it's a genetic Some folk trait, have evolved more than others. It's a change to your genetic code. So why some people are larks and some people are night owls is probably because maybe you're part Neanderthal. It's true. And also why I've got a stronger grip strength. Why I've got a stronger grip strength. Right, we're going to do the grip strength right, thing. Right, here we go. So what was the, the threshold for being weak ass? Um, 56. You have good dementia. <laughs> 56, <laughs> 56 for the right arm. Or, see, I'm blaming the cold. 50.9. Mm. I've gone backwards. Give over here, big boy. It says normal on the on this particular thing. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Let me try left hand now. You see that cracks every time. <laughs> Zero. Yeah. Zero. That's pretty weak. <laughs> Do you think forty-five point seven? That's all right for your left hand. Left hand. So. I think 46 was the threshold. Right. Down. See, I'm down. So I've gone down both. It's all that strength training I did. <laughs> it's really what worked does it out remember? for me. Does it remember from last week? Or yeah. Right, there you are. 43. Is that what I was last week? My right hand? No, you're 43 years of age. 
So, uh, so you beat yourself big time from last week and beat me there. That's because I'm right left. So up, huge power. you're up. So start up three point two kilos there. There we go. Okay, left hand. Oh, so aggressive. Forty eight point nine. So now I've become the weak ass. The challenge for next week is for us to do some strength. <laughs> Grip strength yep. exercises. The good thing about this this uh, dynamometer is it's recording how if we've improved or decreased over the week automatically. So, so what you improved, I decreased. <laughs> what advantage will improved grip strength <coughs> offer us? Be able to grip things Great. more tightly. Great. <laughs> <laughs> so in our life, our general day to day life. So battle. see when you previously couldn't open a jar. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be able to open okay. a jar. So um, I look right. forward to gripping things with <laughs> gusto. <laughs> right, we're doing the body fat. We're doing the body fat. <coughs> right, I'll go first again. You go, right. It sounds so healthy. So, okay. Uh, right, so Keith's about to stand on the scales. Please to know he hasn't cut his toenails since last week. Uh, you don't cut your toenails every week. You don't cut your toenails every decade. Okay. 20, 20.1. Here we go, folks. So, for those, yeah, Neil's put his hood up for some uh, inexplicable reason. Right, so Neil's stepping up to the weight. The weight? Stepping up to the scales. Let's see what we can see. Okay, exciting. Here we go. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, 12 stone again. That's it. It's doing it now. It's measuring. 24. 20.9. 20. 20. Is that lower or higher than you? That was, that's higher than me. So, so see, the this is what you have to, the expense of improving your grip strength is you've increased your fat. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think this... Um, I have very strong fat. This segment... Uh, we should probably do monthly. Yeah. Because we're not going to... You're not going to see differences. We're in for the long haul, remember. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Right, so we've checked facts. We've checked facts. We've done our oh, measurements. There's one little... Yeah, so... <laughs> just given we're fact-checking every week, um, I thought I'd ask you some questions about the world and um, it, the health of the world. And this is based on f <laughs> factfulness. <laughs> every, every person? Yeah. No. So this is based on a, a book called Factfulness by Hans Rosling and Ola Rosling and Anna, Annie Rosling, Anna Rosling. Um, so there's 13 questions. Don't worry too much because most people do get these wrong. Great. <laughs> but uh, let's see how you do. I'm not most people. Okay, question number one. Shoot. In all low-income countries across world across the world today, how many girls finish primary school? Is it A, 20%, B, 40%, or C, 60%? In low-income countries. In all low-income countries across the world today, how many girls finish primary school? 20%, 40%, or 60%? 40%. 40%. And the answer is C, 60%. Wow. Boys are probably 40% then. Nope. 
Boys are high as well. So where does the... Question two. Where does the majority of the world population live? In A, low-income countries, B, middle-income countries, or C, high-income countries? Low-income countries. And the answer is B, middle-income countries. Mm, You're doing well. Two for two. (laughs) Question number three. In the last 20 years, the proportion of the world's population living in extreme poverty has A, almost doubled, B, stayed roughly the same, or C, almost halved? Doubled. Almost doubled? And the answer is C, almost halved. <laughs> <laughs> so the world's fine, what are we bothered about? Exactly, this what is the point. But rich anyway, ass anyway. bastard. Question number four. What is the life expectancy of the whole world today? Is it A, 50 years, B, 60 years, or C, 70 years? So what, the mean life expectancy? Yeah, sorry. 50, 60, or 70? 50 years, 60 years, or 70 years across the whole entire world. 70? 70. And the answer is C, 70. Hey, one out of four. Okay, Mm, question number five. There are f- two billion children in the world today, aged zero to 15. How many children will there be in the year 2100, according to the UN? Is it A, four billion? Is it B, three billion? Or is it C, two billion? How many other just now? So there's two billion children in the world today. How many will there be in roughly 80 years' time? And it's two, three, or four? Yeah. Three. The answer is C, 2 billion. Mm. Why is that? Because um, we're pretty much at peak child now. And so as children, gr- oh so less okay. less, less okay. children per family. Very true. Yep. Moral um, Rogers. Yep. The un... The un... The UN predicts that by... Two <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You have to keep that in. Uh, Next week we'll get a guess from the (laughs) un. (laughs) So we both live in the uck and one day we hope to travel. We hope to get some listeners from the uzza. Right, okay. The UN predicts that by (laughs) 20,000... You're on fire today. (laughs) The UN predicts that by 2,100... The increase in the world population will increase by 4 billion. What is the reason? A, more children. B, more adults between 15 and 74. Or C, more old, old people aged 75 and older. The latter. The last one? Yeah. The answer is B. Oh, more adults between six. 15 and 74, yeah. Well, the un is fucking wrong. The un. Question seven. How many deaths by natural disasters, and I hope you're playing along at home, how many deaths by natural disasters change over life? Have ch- uh, I'll start that one again. How many deaths by natural disasters have changed over the last hundred years? Have they more than doubled? B remained about the same, or C decreased to less than half? Decreased. Correct. The deaths by natural disasters decreased by less than half. Question number eight: There are roughly seven billion people in the world. Mm-hmm. Which option shows most accurately where they all live? A, 1 billion in Europe, 4 billion in Asia, 1 billion in Africa, and 1 billion in America. B, 1 billion in Europe, 3 billion in Asia, 2 billion in Africa, and 1 billion in America. Or C, 1 billion in Europe, 
3 billion in Asia, 1 billion in Africa, and 2 billion in America? The last one. The answer is A. 1 billion in Europe, 4 billion in Asia, 1 billion in Africa, and 1 billion in America. Most folk live in Asia. Half of the world's population. More than half. Question number nine. How many of the world's 1 billion one-year-olds have been vaccinated for some disease? Is it A, 20%, B, 50%, or C, 80%? Vaccinated for some type of disease. So have, could have received just like one. Yeah. Some form of vaccination. The margin between 50 and 80% is quite large. 80% feels too high given the amount of kids that live in poverty. 50 seems too low. I'm going to go 80. 80. The answer is C, 80%. Question number 10. Worldwide, 30-year-old men have spent 10 years in school on average. How many years have women that are aged 30 spent in school? Nine years, six years, or three years? Six years. The answer is A, nine years. There's not been a single B that's been correct yet. This is a fix. Question number 11. You just go B, B, B. Yeah. Um, if you'd done that, actually, you'd get more wrong. Right, actually, I think, so far. I think you've got two out of ten. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so in 1996, tigers, giant pandas, and black rhinos were all listed as endangered. How many of these three species are more critically endangered today? A, two of them. B, one of them. Or C, none of them. Are more critically endangered. Yeah, tigers, giant pandas, and black rhinos. All of them. Wasn't an answer. Two of them, one of them, or none of them. Two of them. Two of them. The answer is C, none of them. Mm. Question number 12. How many people in the world have, have some access to electricity? A, 20%, B, 50%, or C, 80%? 80. Correct, C, 80%. And then lastly, global climate experts estimate that the over, that over the next 100 years, the average temperature will A, get warmer, B, remain roughly the same, or C, get colder. Next 100 years, get warmer. Get warmer, correct. That's okay, so you got 4 out of 13. That's all right. <coughs> so you got, you, you got roughly what a chimp would get by guessing. <laughs> 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 so that's approximately 33%, I think. Give or that's take. It might, no, in fact, it might be slightly less than quite that. Quite insulting. Four over yeah, no, it is less than that. Because, and, and but the interesting thing is most people get it spectacularly wrong, these mm. questions. So it shows you how uneducated in actual facts across the world people are. And are they are. actually genuine unstatistics? Yep. They're all taken from the World Economic... So um, who is it? WHO? WHO, whatever, just whatever. Who? Who? <laughs> Um, but a check out Factfulness, good book, or even just watch one of Hans Rosling's TED Talks. Because basically the world is getting better. The trouble is we're just force-fed the bad side of the world. But because that's news. Yeah, but the world is getting better relative to what it was before. Oh, totally. But but is that not good? It is, in terms of humanity, our life expectancy way we manage disease and all the rest of it, but we're still utterly screwing our home up. Yeah, but that's, that's the last question there. Again, I go back to 
for previous listeners, the dinosaur this, comments this. from the last podcast. A hundred million years of dinosaurs on this planet. And we've been here for 300,000 and look what we've done to the place. We're the worst launchers ever. They, they use solar and wind power, didn't they? They didn't burn fossil fuels. No, because the dinosaurs <laughs> were the fossil fuels. Um. We should do uh we should do some episodes around this stuff actually it's interesting and astronomy. <laughs> <laughs> That's a slight segue because but it's interesting stuff. This is the type <laughs> of stuff that people yeah. want to hear. But the interesting point about this is there's a lot of ignorance around actual reality. Yeah. So basically, you're saying is it's not as bad as everyone thinks. It's not as bad as everyone thinks. Anyway, that was just a little lesson in factfulness that facts. People can think things are um, one way, but actually they are not. So, sleep. Sleep, yes. Let's go on sleep. This is the main... I think what we should try to do for each podcast is we have kind of our general catch-ups. We do a fact check. We kind of go on tangents. And then we tend to talk about one general kind of theme about health fitness or things and and today sleep is is that chosen subject and you are absolutely terrible at it yeah yeah (laughs) so end is that it go for it you start off tell me about sleep your lack of sleep apologize for this cough well okay so yeah for whatever reason it's not for whatever reason um i i wonder if there's a this here's a fact check for us because i don't know the answer to this how do you know, other than just feeling like you are a morning lark or a night owl, how do you know? There must be some genetic marker that I you can pinpoint. Is. Well, yeah, that's it. But I, I just don't, I don't know the answer to that. But assuming there is, because I firmly believe that I am in the night owl camp, which is you are a camp about twenty percent <laughs> of the population or something. I think. Um, no, in fact, I think forty percent of people are morning larks, thirty percent um, night owls, and thirty percent are neither one nor the other. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the reason I don't get sleep is the night owl thing. So I need to get up earlier than I naturally would. Um, and I also trying to, or I'm also trying to fit in as everybody is, the family life, blah, 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 the mm-hmm. work life, um, having to do extra stuff uh, from work. But also, I do want to try and get fit in some TV time. Mm-hmm. Rest. You know, a lot of folks say don't. Rest isn't there, though, because re- rest is sleeping. But when you're looking at TV I suppose time, you're, yeah, that's resting. However, the, uh, the, the, the more pertinent point is either doing some exercise, which mm-hmm. typically, as I've said, I'm doing at night, or and not or and uh, editing these podcasts and editing the vlogs that I'm yeah. doing, and so in order to fit it all in, I just need to shrink the day, and it's incredibly hard to try and not shrink the day. But that again goes back to then all these things you're trying to do about the pressure that puts on yourself, and if that if you're sacrificing sleep for these other things, then that's kind of counterintuitive to everything that you're trying to achieved is it not it is it is and if you read this matthew walker book why we sleep it you should would terrify you yeah yeah. because basically sleep 
is, or lack of sleep is linked to pretty much every ailment you can think of, dementia, cancer, heart disease, you name it. Yeah. It's got a negative effect because sleep is so regenerative. Um, it's the most powerful performance enhancing yeah. drug that you can well, take. Well, actually, what's interesting, there's a section that he, where he talks about that, which is uh, uh, he pretends he's selling a drug. Yeah. It's like, uh, so I've got this drug that improves your cognitive ability, improves your health, improves the way you look, improves your f- your fitness. Yeah. Um, improves the way you learn generally, improves your, uh, or reduces your risk of heart disease, or reduces your risk of cancer. It's just sleep. Getting mm-hmm. seven to eight, at least seven to eight hours, or eight hours sleep opportunity, he calls it. Right, so not always you're not always going to get a great night's sleep, but mostly you are. But giving yourself the opportunity to get eight hours sleep, so and it's the usual stuff that everyone knows, but doesn't necessarily take in their or pay attention to. So don't have your mobile phone in your bed, yeah. blackout curtains, yeah. um, d- don't have any distractions around you cooler room blah 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 don't have don't drink caffeine before you go to bed all this sort of stuff and actually that's it that's really true but equally at the same time when you then look at it from the point of view of people who have difficulty sleeping they become so regimental about all of these type of things that you've just described and i was listening to you know i'm a big fan of uh, wrong and chatterjee and he had I'm trying to find the guy's name. Gary Guy Meadows, who runs, I think, the Sleep Clinic, which is kind of quite renowned in the mm-hmm. UK. There's an online presence now. And he was talking about his whole therapy towards these chronic insomniacs is that they have to accept. It's like acceptance therapy. It's like a form of cognitive behavioral therapy, but it's like accepting and moving forward with the fact that it's okay you can't sleep. Just don't stress about it because the cycle of insomnia is always the same. It's all there's some trigger for mm-hmm. it. Work, stress at home, marriage, whatever, right? Something's happening, yep. maybe physiological, that creates this. And then you get into the rut of the stressor becomes sleep yep. or lack of sleep. And his whole therapy approach is like, because he said his clients will constantly come in and they'll say things like, um, oh, it's terrible. I didn't sleep a wink. I didn't sleep a wink. And you know, I, I couldn't, last time I looked at the clock, it was like half past five, and then I finally fell asleep, and then the alarm went yeah. off at half six, and he went, so what happened at half past five? And he went, oh, I just didn't care anymore. And he mm-hmm. went, and there you go. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole point. And you know that I've had a period of insomnia in my life as well that started off as a stressor that was exactly that same situation. Yep. But he also said that if you walk into the bedroom of an insomniac, it is like, everything is so perfectly organized because they almost become too regimental about mm-hmm. i can't sleep unless i've got that pillow yeah or the phone's there the lights of a certain brightness yep. and all and that and if anything's stuff, out by that then yeah, it's, yeah. And, and that can become become kind of part of the problem as yep. well and also did he touch on the um the problem with diagnosing with insomniacs with sleeping pills yeah they talk um, pharmaceuticals and actually that was uh, and wrong and chatterjee talked about that as well because he's a gp right and, and that's very much a culture change mm-hmm. i mean from that used to be the way people always dealt with insomnia was yep. always go straight to hypnotics or perhaps something a bit stronger yep i've taken both uh, hypnotics and the diazepines i was on at one point actually wow which was really bad 
but you've got to be careful with them because they're addictive. Mm -hmm. So I only had five days of um, hypnotics. It's just, it's not real sleep. It's artificial. It knocks you out. Yeah, but, but you're not actually getting the regenerative. No, and you wake up with this metallic taste in your mm -hmm. mouth and the kind of side effects. So, so when you start to appreciate how valuable sleep is without getting stressed about your dependency on it, it is. It's a, it's phenomenal. Yep. It's absolutely phenomenal. And and yeah, he talked about exactly. He probably got a lot of this stuff from Matthew Walker in terms of it is absolutely a performance enhancing drug. Mm. We talked in the last podcast about Alex Ferguson and getting the guy in from Slumberland or yep. whatever and encouraging the footballers to take naps and uh, and all that sort of stuff. Yep. Um, and one of the other things I forgot to mention last time was that he also worked for uh, Team Sky for a period of time with Dave, Dave. Dave Brailsford mm -hmm. when they were doing and his job was actually to travel with them and go into the hotels in advance of because you think about cyclists that are on the road yeah, like they're constantly sleeping in hotels different yeah. beds every night yeah. different environments and it is scientifically proven this yeah. is a fact check for next week that if you go and stay in a place that's unfamiliar to you so for example you go and stay in a hotel with work that you'll have a pretty shitty night's sleep yep and it'll take you a few days to adjust to those new surroundings. So if you then have someone who's on the road constantly, you have that cycle continuing to happen. So what he did was he would go into all the hotel rooms and he would do certain things like kind of put uh, you know, certain types of products in there, sort of, you know, like dehumidifiers, things to make the room smell a different way. They would change mm -hmm. all the sheets, they'd bring their own linen. He'd ask for certain rooms that he'd look at where the sunlight, the sun would rise and set, and all that sort of stuff. And just these kind of little differences kind of made the the cyclist sleep a bit better, mm -hmm. seem a bit more familiar, yep. recovery slightly better. And it is, it's just it's you know all these things are so important. But they also talked about uh, Guy Meadows in this podcast about when he first started talking about sleep. You know, people were just thought he was crazy mm -hmm. because you know it's just it's only within the last sort of five to ten years that yep. sleep's become such an area of interest. It's it's massive, yep. absolutely massive. But it's bizarre. How do you mean? It's just as a concept. What, yeah, because you you essentially bizarre. if you if if everyone didn't realise you slept, you, you and you just you you look dead. Yeah. And so, but yeah, you, nobody nobody questions it. It's like not no. like you think they're dead. Where do you go? Exactly. Where does your consciousness go? Mm -hmm. And you know, we could spend a whole podcast talking about consciousness. Dreaming, yeah, and well, that's the strangest dream. thing ever. Yeah, but it's interesting. The whole. Um, I wonder how much sleep will start to become more of a. I don't know mainstream. So, so there's th so there's there's quite a lot of bravado around getting four hours sleep. So high powered exec. So Margaret Thatcher, Ronald Reagan. I know that was a while ago, but they were always famed for having Hard four hours sleep. sleep a night. Gordon and Brown was the same. Yeah. yeah, and but there is a sort of machismo around it, which is wrong because it's like the total opposite of what you should do. Um, it's kind of like what did you what did you say a minute ago about people used to laugh at it and stuff. It's kind of like when doctors didn't used to wash their hands. Yeah, exactly. And babies used to yeah. die because yeah. doctors were delivering babies without washing their hands, yeah. and they didn't know they didn't know what it was. And the guy that said, actually, 
everyone we just need to wash our hands was ridiculed ridiculed for yeah. years yeah and now it's it's just out of the question that anyone wouldn't scrub in or whatever but the problem with me is I don't know what it will take other than things like this and I go right okay I'm gonna I'm gonna structure it around I'm gonna check how much sleep I'm actually getting and then I'm gonna that's gonna motivate myself but I don't f- like I'll keep myself awake to do these other things yeah and that's silly and and that that's what you need to cut out you can't these other things yeah but it's easier said than done of course it is but, but it's almost like an, a sort sorry it's almost like uh, maybe it's the same sort of thing as an addiction i don't think i've got a particularly addictive personality like i don't i don't i'm not naturally you i don't, don't naturally get addicted but to you've things. got you're, you are and i've known you long enough to say this you're the type of person that when you have your mindset in something that you're very committed and you go for it. Mm. And I think genuinely that you put additional pressure on yourself in order to maintain routine or maintain cycles or commit to something that you're mm. doing. And I think if you're genuinely at the point where, as I said earlier, that you're, you're compromising on sleep to try and tick all these other boxes. It's bad. It's really bad. Yeah. But how do you... Because I, I, I feel... The interesting thing is I, I kind of get energy. So doing, doing like editing these vlogs, kind of basic as they are, I get energised by doing that sort of thing. Yeah. But, and that's what I'm doing late into the evening though. So how many hours would you say you average a night? Um, I reckon, so it'd be interesting to see after I've, because I'm going to try and capture this proper sleep. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that'll naturally make me a bit better. But I think about five, between five and six. That's not I'm not, uh, it's not ridiculous. And is that like occasionally I'll have four and a half, like, but I can see the irony here as someone who's again who's known you a long time. You're a nightmare for falling asleep when you've had a few (laughs) drinks, like, you were notorious for that. But it's funny, um, and then when you're out, you're out, (laughs) yeah. Well, that's but that was my point, uh, the other week when you were saying, Oh, make sure you, um, you know, get. Keep keep the, the, your lights down low and and have a routine or listen to calm or whatever and listen yeah. to sleep sleep stories or whatever. I do not have a problem falling asleep. Yeah. Um. It's it's so I naturally now. Actually, interestingly, um. So people like Kevin Hart, you know Kevin Hart, yeah, the, the actor, actor, comedian, yeah. and that he's super. Um. I guess a busy life. For. What's, what's funny about Kevin Hart? <laughs> he's a funny guy, but Dude, so he's a super. He's, he's, he's got super. <laughs> <laughs> he's super. Kevin big. or um, super. Do, do you do you watch Casey Neistat on YouTube? Mm, no, I've heard the name. Right, so he's got about ten million subscribers. So super popular. He's had a show on HBO. He directs movies and stuff. He did the Nike Fit Band um, advert um, way back in the day, sort of thing. Um, and they they've both talked about because they're super busy all the time. So Casey Neistat was doing a vlog a day whilst doing a business and what. You ever heard of a uh, Superman? <laughs> uh, is I'm everyone super Batman <laughs> super. It's super in different contexts about six times now. Super, um, anyway. the supers. Super, um, but. They all fall asleep like that. So if they if they have any downtime, so if they're 
in a taxi or in a plane or something like that. Immediately yeah. out out for the count. And you know they've even got like episodes of the vlogs where they're like, "Hey, look, they've fallen asleep because they're, they're phys- they've just stopped." And as soon as they stop, their body's like, "I need to sleep." See that—that's so weird for me because I, st- so I struggle to fall asleep. And actually, do you know it's funny even talking about sleep just now because, again, in preparation for this podcast, I listened to a couple of podcasts on sleep, and just talking about it just now, I can feel myself getting anxious about sleep. It's kind of ironic wow. that when I start to talk about the problems of not getting to sleep, that I actually found this last night. I was lying in bed last night thinking about talking about sleep and going. I didn't want my mind to start mm-hmm. running with and, yep. and become open to yep. the things that, and I think Guy Meadows talked about that as well, where he said that you know, he was trying to help these people sleep, but his job was to stay up all night and watch them sleep <laughs> and then became kind of... Insomniac or something. Well, he, he didn't say that as such, but I think because he spent so much time with people who would go through all the problems they have, you can't help but become naturally aware mm. of, oh... That and do you these, start thinking that You way? make yourself just aware of scenarios that you didn't even consider before. And yep. that's the key thing. But the key thing for me in terms of working with it now is just to focus on breathing exercises and then genuinely you tend to drift off. So how much sleep do you get a night? Uh, probably I would say, so we probably go to bed about 11 most nights and then the wife will sit on her phone, which I always give her a round for. Um, I try to read some, I go through periods where I read sometimes quite mm-hmm. religiously and sometimes I just don't. Or a line, I usually meditate in my bed, mm-hmm. which is not a great thing either. You're not meant is to do not? that. Why not? You're meant to meditate sitting up. Why? And it's meant to be, I think, genuinely because... Is that a fact check? We'll put that down as a fact check, but I think it's it's more because most people tend to use meditation to start the day. So, whereas for me, I, I went to meditation to help me sleep, but every single meditation I listen to, they'll always start off by saying, sit on the floor or on a seat with a nice mm. straight back, turn, and I'm always lying there on the But bed. you find it works. Yeah, it does. So, so I, I, it just calms me down before I go to bed. And then I, th- I reckon probably, I'll probably usually fall asleep, I think, before midnight. But I'll always wake up about three in the morning. Really? And then I'll go back. I'll go back to sleep. Usually okay. Sometimes I might be awake for a little while. And then I'll be awake usually about five and I'll doze half five so i've got this strange so thing actually it sounds like i have better sleep than you you probably do but then you don't value it <laughs> i do uh, but actually what's what's interesting is that i've never ever slept in for anything in my life i always i don't need alarms i set alarms because i'm paranoid but see if I'm getting up for an early flight or that, that sort of stuff, <coughs> you can guarantee... Is that your brain? Because you're... Par- you're, cause you're I'll you, always you're, wake up. You're relatively paranoid. Yeah, well, probably is that. But I always wake up like a minute or two minutes before my alarm goes off. It's Are you always thing. early for things? Yeah, usually. Yeah. I'm never early for things. I know. <laughs> uh, so, it, do you think those two things are connected? That's what well, that's where I was going with that. Yeah. But maybe you'd be early for like an event really late at night. <laughs> <laughs> but but I would I would I would fit something else in. This yeah. is the way my brain works. I go, right. And everything's five minutes, I think, in my head. I'll take five minutes to do. So do you see sort of downtime as a waste of time? Oh, that's a good question. Um no. 
I like a quote from John Lennon, which I'm not going to get right, but it was something like, "Time and if you enjoy waste or time enjoyed wasted is not wasted time or something like that." That's a great quote. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying though? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. I like wasted a quote time from enjoyed. John <laughs> Lennon as well. <laughs> Imagine. I am the eggplant. <laughs> eggplant. You are the eggplant. I am the walrus. Eggman, is it not? Eggplant. Was it eggplant? Yes, it eggplant. Right, eggplant. fact check. <coughs> is I am the walrus, is it eggplant? You know what an eggplant is? Yeah. What? For all our listeners in the Uzza. An aubergine. It's, we call it an aubergine in the uh, uh, aubergine. <laughs> and um. on that note, you might know a vegetable called a zucchini. Over here in Uck, we'd know that. <laughs> As a courgette. <laughs> Next week we will cover other subtle differences between British English and American English. Oh, you know all about that. Neil goes to America and comes back <laughs> hanging a hanging a left and walking on the sidewalk for like months. I'm known as the chameleon. Um, I blend in. Um, okay, so so sleep. Sleep. I was just going to run through a couple of kind of key points just to discuss a little bit about. So. Well, very, very first point is, um, so um, every single member of the animal family, insects, whatever, sleep to a cer- some sort of degree. None have been discovered so far that do not sleep. So it's universal. Mm-hmm. So as an evolutionary point, sleep is the critical... Were you going to question that? No, I, I I'm not going to question that. I'm just wondering now if every single member of the animal kingdom was asked that question. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, there's they haven't even discovered all the species well, in the world. Discovered ones, then you nugget. But then, if they actually, if you haven't discovered it, how do you know it exists? You don't. How, how aliens do you, don't sleep. How do you? How do you define they exist, sleep? I'm sure. How do you define sleep? If that's what you're looking. You're looking up at the moon, going, "I'm going to see an alien." Not at the moon. You wouldn't. But. Uh, how would you define sleep? The way you answered that suggests you are hoping to see an alien in your telescope at some point. Um, say that again. <laughs> I don't think I say see that again. It. How would you define sleep? Because surely it's going to be different for different species because it just their it's their downtime, I guess, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, I would like to see an alien through my telescope while we're on that subject. So there is a definition of sleep. I can't quite remember, for, but it's something like your um, y- your body's physically not active um you and in certain stages you can't be disturbed you're you're essentially paralyzed but your brain is active because what they expected when they first started studying sleep was when you're asleep your brain will just be quiet but it doesn't but it doesn't and this is where they start to think actually what is because what is the purpose of sleep it's like it seems like a stupid thing yeah you basically go unconscious for a while and get back up again Mm. what the hell is that all about and it's actually your brain's going your brain's doing a huge amount of work when you're sleeping you actually your whole body is this homeostasis of your body um is really important it's got the circadian rhythm so at certain times of the day your liver is going to operate a certain way your stomach is going to operate in a certain way in tandem with your brain Mm. um and the sleep part though is is essentially regenerating it's taking everything that's happened and it's regenerating. So what, what they reckon is you've got um, adenosine. Have you heard of this? Yeah, this is adenosine. Cor- yeah, okay. Ad- adenosine builds up through the day 
which is basically a, it's a sleep pressure. Mm-hmm. And that builds up and builds up and builds up and it's pushing your brain to go to sleep because mm-hmm. there's all this build up. And then as soon as sleep happens, that adenosine gets flushed out mm-hmm. and sleep starts doing what it needs to do and it goes between in-rem sleep and non uh, sorry, non-REM non sleep and REM sleep. And I think it's the adenosine cortisol balance. Mm-hmm. That, so that's a fact check for next week. Right, you can write that one down. <laughs> um, um, so this de- adenosine build up. And then, so if you take naps, you can release that pressure a little bit. And that's why a short nap, that you can release that adenosine pressure with a short nap. But still. But still, and f- that's why you can regenerate quite quickly. But it's not... It's not going to give you all the benefit of a full full night's sleep. Have you ever had a general anaesthetic? Yeah. So to me, that's interesting. It's very different because you have, when you sleep, you're conscious of the fact that time has passed. Yeah. You know, that you're aware that it's been for a certain period of time. If you have a general Sometimes it's a bit out. Yeah. Like, but but you you think you've done... There's been a change in your environment, Absolutely. So... Um, but if you have a general anaesthetic, you do naturally do that thing where the anaesthetist will turn around and say, count down, and then you go three, two, one, and then you're awake. And it's like no time has passed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's because your brain's almost getting switched off. Yeah. And I just find that fascinating. Mm-hmm. And I think probably that's maybe the closest that it, you must be to being dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think what would be interesting is to then, for a fact check for next week would be to look into what actually happens when you have a general anaesthetic. I remember doing this in university. It's a mixture of different things, one of which is a muscle relaxant, one of which is a sedative. I, I just can't. Is it true that they don't really know how it works, though? Yeah, I think I think there is an element of truth in that, yeah. It's like most medicine. They try things out and, yeah. you know, then after they see an effect, they then try to work out how it is functioning. Yeah. Because you know it does work, but it's just yeah, how. <laughs> but yeah, it's it it's fascinating. So I think if the whole premise of this podcast is about us in our age and trying to prolong our life and be fitter and be healthier and look better, and if sleep is of all the pillars of health the most important one to let us achieve that, you need to sort yourself out. <laughs> well, so do you. Yeah, the same I know. thing. I know. So here's here's we were all thinking I was a rubbish sleeper, but yours yeah, is I'm not more. A sleeper. But interestingly, yours more yours seems to be more a psychological thing, in that linked to slight insomnia. Yeah, I I, an, I think I get stressed easier than. Whereas you. I try and keep myself awake. Yeah, and I think that because I get into that rut of insomnia before, I'm just always conscious of it. Mm. But yeah, I was never a great sleeper even before that. Whereas the wife, you know, when she's out, the she's wife. out. And it's you interesting. Sound like Arthur Daly and Minder. <laughs> <laughs> I loved Minder. Uh, what was it? Her indoors. Her indoors. The kids have even like zoned into this because in every other part of our normal day, it's always mum, mum, mum. Do you want dad to read your story? No, mum. Do you want dad? No, mum, mum. See in the middle of the night, any of them, even the wee one, cry automatically. You Dad, the whole for shout. me. Because they know <coughs> that I'll hear and I'll get up. Yeah. Whereas is, it, is it because they'll hear? Because I'm exactly the same. Um, and the, bo- the boys will always come through 
if they come through at night and there's a bad dream or whatever, they'll always come through at my side. Yeah, you've that's just because you've got Winkle next year. And that's, uh-huh. yeah, that's but it. Or, or the dragon will be awoke. <laughs> <laughs> and they're, they're scared. That's true. <laughs> it is. It just find it Shona, so But Shona loves her sleep, needs her sleep, and is quite happy to go and take a good eight to ten hours if she can. Can she sleep eight she, to ten hours? She doesn't get it that very often, but she would absolutely... Wow. We've actually started trying to take uh, Saturday, Sunday. So, so someone it's, like, it's like a part of lions apparently are a bad thing. You should you should just yeah. You should always just you stick to a structure and routine. So if you get up at a certain time, go yeah. to bed at a certain time, you shouldn't vary it. But uh, yeah, apparently lions are not a bad thing. But yeah, I it's good right now. I feel anyway. So the other so the adenosine builds up. It goes like. Your circadian rhythm is 24 mm-hmm. hours. It's slightly more than 24 hours, as I said. 24 hours, 15 minutes. But the sun provides a trigger to snap your body clock back into the exact 24-hour mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. cycle. Um, and interestingly, it's a, a thing called the superchiasmatic nucleus. What did you just say? <laughs> the superchiasmatic nucleus. <laughs> is that not Mary Poppins? <laughs> No, so <laughs> this is essentially um, <laughs> an area of your, a very small area of your brain that is constantly monitoring your optic nerves. Okay. And as soon as it recognizes light, it will then tell right. the body. Can, it, can just can I fact check the quest for next week that supercalifragilisticexpialidocious no. <laughs> does not Sup- exist in your brain? Supercharismatic nucleus. Supercharismatic nucleus. Okay. Superchiasmatic. Okay, right. And I'm a scientist. And I think that's absolutely ridiculous. But I'm starting to question that. We'll find out. Okay, fact check for next week. Is the superchiasmatic nucleus real? It's in that book. Right, okay. Expialidocious. Is the superchiasmatic... Can you write it down now? I'm not going to try and spell that. I'll just Google Mary Poppins. (laughs) Mary Poppins in the brain. Is the super... Califragilistic (laughs) expialidocious. Even though the sample (laughs) did something quite atrocious. That is atrocious. Um, right okay so that happens and then you have like you said 90 minute sleep cycles but crucially it differs between REM and NREM through the night Mm. so NREM occurs earlier in the sleep phase where well REM sleep is concentrated later and REM NREM sleep is slow um with and you can actually hear see if you if you tie it you place electrodes on your brain your neurons sound like they're singing it's (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they're singing Mary Poppins super can't Syn- imagine <laughs> but it's all in synchrony okay so you could actually feel like a, it's almost like I think they said they could almost get a beat to it well REM sleep is fast and it looks like to all intents and purposes monitoring your brain it's like being awake and that's when you're dreaming essentially um, but and that's you in the d- so when you're in the deep sleep is not when you're dreaming then correct and in REM sleep is responsible for pruning memories okay and transferring short-term memories that you've learned that day into long-term memories. Wow. So it's shifting from your, I think, your hippocampus in your brain to your prefrontal cortex mm-hmm. to store um, longer-term memories. Um, and then REM sleep is responsible for forming new neural connections, so problem-solving, dreaming, um, blunting emotional responses to painful memories, uh, all of that sort of thing. Which is quite interesting. Um, both are generally necessary. So interestingly, they they did experiments where they deprived people of sleep, 
and then they track the brain to see what do you get first, what do you get most of, what does your brain try and recover. And interestingly, they noticed the first couple of nights it was all in REM, in REM sleep, deep in REM sleep. And so they thought, oh, well, the REM sleep isn't that important. It's mm -hmm. the. But then when they continued to monitor them, it switched. So a couple of days later, it then went. So your, your brain gorged on non in REM sleep, which is deemed to be the most immediately important. But then it did exactly the same with REM sleep just a couple of days later. Sleep deprivation is horrendous. Absolutely <coughs> horrendous. And oh actually, yeah. anyone who has a young child mm. who experiences that for the first time knows exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah, it's remarkable. It's funny because it, you could actually talk, you could do a whole podcast series on sleep. Oh, totally. And what it means. But I think for us in the context of the sick men of Europe and things that we need to do to try and improve our general health, we're both agreed that sleep yep. is something we need to both improve on. Absolutely, because if you look at what sleep deprivation leads to, it's insane. Yeah. Um, it, do you know it can actually lead to death? Well, that for you that great. <laughs> <laughs> so here's uh, the challenge. Here's the challenge for the next. You could podcast. go to sleep right now. You need to try. I know I'm tired actually. You need to try oh, and improve your sleep. Yep. And well, I know that I've already said and that. You're going to do that by monitoring your watch. Yep. I might try and do that as well then. Actually. Yeah, because it sounds interestingly. I thought you'd get more. Sleep. And you're getting broken sleep as well. Broken sleep, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but always, so, can always I just consistently, I will sleep between like, when I fall asleep between 11 and, and 12 until about 3. So I would probably say that's, that f four hour period is my stable kind of. So what does, is there, a, I wonder if there's, because I couldn't find anything that explained that. That's an interesting thing. Why the way? Why do you wake up in yeah. four hours? Because I am trained and honed myself to be uh, a warrior on the African <laughs> plains, and I'm always prepared for action. That's your. I actually, do you know, to REM be fair, sleep, dream sleep. There, I used to do a job where I did on call, and I had a pager, and basically you would get in transplantation, you'd be out through the night all the time. And when you're on call, you don't sleep well. And then mm. shortly after that, I then had kids. And then I gave up <laughs> the on call, and then I had more kids. <coughs> prior to that, prior to all of that, I slept better. This is the insane thing about doctors, junior doctors. And I know they've tried to, uh, well, I think they're trying to address, or they maybe already have started to address the number of hours they work. Because just based on this evidence, you're getting treated by somebody that's sleep deprived. Yeah, it's terrible. Which means you are not getting the care that one, that individual could probably give you if they weren't sleep deprived, and two, that you're expecting. It's not it's not only junior doctors. I tell you one of the worst areas for it is transplantation. Wow. Because in transplantation you've got consultants on mm -hmm. and they may be on for a, a a day, a couple of days over the weekend. But they can often go weekends where they'll have nothing. And they can get weekends where they're absolutely hammered. So and so basically because it's all unpredictable, yep. it's all out of hours, yep. it can have geographical connotations and then yep. you can have a team that's, say, Edinburgh-based that ends up going down to Newcastle having to get a plane to Belfast, flying all over the place. They'll yep. regularly maybe 
take organs out and put organs into people in three different <laughs> cities over a weekend. It's quite frightening. It's unbelievable. But you're absolutely right. You be that person on the Sunday night mm. that's getting the liver plumbed in well, after they've been up for 72 hours. It, well, yeah, and Matthew Walker says, before you go in for an operation, ask how, 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 how much sleep your doctor's had. It's true. Because that's where... Cause it's true. And people are woefully bad at predicting that their performance has been Im Im impaired by yeah. sleep. And it's actually worse than being drunk. Yeah, so, so, and so Guy Meadows talked about yeah. that. He Le said legally, so the, whatever the legal drink drive drink limit, drive limit yeah. is, you're actually worse if you're sleep deprived. <laughs> and this is the irony. You'll have a bad night's sleep and you'll jump in the car and go to work. Yeah. You wouldn't wake up in the morning and have three pints and jump in the <laughs> no, car. Exactly. <laughs> you know? But that's the insanity of so it. But, but it's not... It's not talked about much. It's not, you know, it's not even a, it's just not, it's not a topic yeah. enough. Yeah. It clearly is a topic, but it's not enough. Um, interestingly, right, just to kind of end in a... Yes, because I'm going to fall asleep at the wheel <laughs> by the time I get home. Well, fun, f so interesting, so um, we'll need to end in a bit of a high, but I'll, yeah. I'll go through the bad stuff. So, well, one, the Guinness Book of Records do not allow anyone to try and break sleep lack of sleep records and that I think they previously did but they just it's, it's dangerous because yeah. it's dangerous daylight saving time the springtime the clocks change and whatnot day after that happens there's a 24 percent increase in heart attacks yeah I heard that too because that's so that one hour shift screws people up so much that that's the kind of consequence yeah. sorry you were going to say no, I just heard that. That's I think probably the podcast I was listening to. He read maybe Matthew Walker's book as well. So a lot of these stats are similar. Well, this Matthew Walker book I think is just synthesizing all the yeah. research, latest research, one that his his team do, and then all others. And I think the opposite is true, is it not? That when you then go back the way and people get the good one that everyone mm -hmm. prefers, spring back, fall, fall forward, yeah, spring, yeah, spring forward, fall back. Yeah, so the right. one the one that everyone prefers and you get more sleep, there's <coughs> a, drop a drop in the rate of these kind of cardiac events. Yep. So it is. Sleep is essential, folks. Sleep is essential. Sleep deprivation shows consistently bad outcomes. Nothing is reported to be beneficial from sleep deprivation. So people um, think you're going to gain time, i.e. me, by sleeping less. But that comes with a, a lower productivity and lower creativity. So you're kind of and less years in your life, presumably, because what it says is sleep deprivation is associated with more severe disease, higher mortality, risk of cancer, heart disease, weight gain, rate of infection, Alzheimer's, irritability, inflammation, lowers performance, lower productivity, social fluidity, rational decision-making, memory recall, emotional control, testosterone levels, immune system function, response to the flu vaccine, <coughs> as I said, coughing, <laughs> coughing, and in, sh in extreme cases, can actually cause death. So there is actually a very, very rare condition where you are unable to sleep; just you cannot sleep, and essentially you descend into madness yeah. and eventually death. It, but it takes a long, long time. So on that note, because I think I'm on the verge of madness <laughs> and almost death. I think the conclusion And now you're going to drive home. That's bad, isn't it? I know. you should keep on the couch. So I think, yeah, because I'm going to be in Port Royal if I do that. 
So I think we can absolutely conclude from this podcast that one of our pillars of health, one of our main ways, one of the things that we should focus on to try and improve our general well-being is to work on our sleep. Yeah, absolutely. I think sleep is probably slightly weirdly the most important, but the most likely to... It's like the opposite way around. You think fitness is the most important, then diet, then sleep, intuitively. But it's actually sleep, then diet, then physical exercise. And on that note, next time we talk about diet. Diet. Number two. Sounds good. So I think we'll wrap things up. Yep. And I'll... Because we're very sleepy after talking about sleep. I hope you've enjoyed the podcast tonight, folks. And I will jump in the car and try to stay awake as I drive home. Make sure you text. I'll let anyone know if I... uh, see aliens on the moon through my telescope during the week good okay see you later see you later folks bye